When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest and, as always, greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. As usual and always, you got your pals Nick Fitzy Stevens and Andy Jumbo Hart bringing you yet another action-packed, patstastic edition of the pod. Today, we will talk about everything swirling around in the wide world of Patriots with our Pat's Paris segment, including a very unflattering report card from the current players in the NFL about Gillette Stadium and the Patriots practices. A little off-seasonal positional preview. Continuing our series today, we tackle the D-line. And then, of course, it's mailbag time. The questions from you, the mad fans of Pat's Nation. Andrew, we begin today. With said NFLPA report card, I was unfamiliar with said annual uh, report, if you will, where the NFLPA surveys 1,300, that's 1,300 current NFL players in an anonymous. So that basically turns out to be around 40 players per team. So most of the team. Yeah, that's most of the team. Three quarters of your active game day roster answers a series of questions about travel, meals, conditioning, strength, facilities, familial environment at all. So it's a whole host of uh, areas and ways the Patriots are graded. It's actually treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, and a locker room. And there's also uh, some travel involved in there as well. Now, you would think the New England Patriots, having been the cream of the crop, the premier franchise of North American sports, let alone the National Football League, for two decades, for a 20-year span, would probably finish in the top third of said survey. I mean, like, it's, it's Robert Kraft. He's a big celebrity. They're a multi-billion dollar franchise. I mean, they make it look like they spare no expense, and everything has to be top shelf. He arrives uh, via helicopter before the games. There's celebrities in the box. Whenever uh, Jim and whenever Jim Nance and Tony Romo broadcast the game, Andy, and yet the New England Patriots finished in this anonymous survey 24th out of 32 teams receiving a D and a D plus grade for they received a D in terms of weight room. Uh, I would True. imagine it's, that gets fixed pretty damn quick. And then they got a D plus. This was the shocker, the real head turner for me. Travel. I mean, the damn team has not won two private planes. The first team in the NFL to have a jumbo jetliner, not to mention two. And they get a D plus. And, all, and the biggest complaint, 54% of the respondents said they felt like they had adequate leg room. I mean, can you just rip out a couple of seats so a couple of, you know, a couple of Barmores, Judons, and Trent Browns have enough room to spread out for the flight home from Kansas City? I was I was surprised. And this is this has been making the rounds and making some waves around town, Andy. Well, the good news is they're not the Cardinals. 
The Cardinals were much worse. The uh, Commanders were much worse, as you might expect. So I have wait, one- wait, can I mention? Sorry, Andy. I, I apologize for stepping on your toes. But the amazing thing about the Commanders—they got two F minuses. Oh yeah, which is not even a real a grade. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. We're, if you're going to make up an F minus, why not just give them a Z? Right. If you're making up grades on the fly here, like <laughs> they're that bad. Um, oh, what a dump. The one thing I would say here. I don't think all players should get to vote in this. I think the prerequisite should be you have to have spent time with multiple organizations because Correct. you know what I think hurts NFL teams? Guys coming from colleges. Mm-hmm. Colleges have much better facilities. These $100 million weight rooms and $100 million locker rooms because like, uh, of the Oregon or Yeah, yeah. yeah like, Nike, boosters, so et cetera. If you're coming from a certain college program, and your first taste is Gillette, I could see how you'd be like, wow, this sucks. And by the way, imagine if it were still Foxborough, but forget it. We're at Gillette and everything they bring now. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. The old toy. <laughs> it, was, so, it was a dump, and it was our dump. I, I think that aspect of it um, might sway this. Now, one would argue that's consistent for all teams. All teams have young players that are coming straight from college and haven't played for other teams, so really have nothing to compare NFL life to. And the Patriots have some failings. They have – an aging stadium that was never state of the art. So I think there are some limitations there. You know, one thing um, when I saw the, the, what did they phrase it? Treatment of families or something. Mm -hmm. When I saw that, and you can attest to this Mm -hmm. for years, they've had player family post-game dinners in the tunnel, like just a, the, the service tunnel, like tables set up and you can get a buffet. I could see people being like, this is the New England Patriots, the greatest dynasty in the history of the NFL. And my mom Tom and Brady put up with this crap. Like they, we got a folding chair with some pipe and drape on a picnic table in the tunnel. Like this is and, what you do. I, so, I, I get room temperature chicken marsala with some, you know, arroz, you know, with right. a little rice and beans. Come on now. Yeah. So I, I could see that the weight room is tiny, even though it has been rebuilt really not that long ago when they took the old media workroom and added it to the weight room. Um, and so that it's a, the, the locker room has been redone, but it's, mm-hmm. it's run of the mill. There's nothing special about the locker room at Gillette stadium. There just isn't. So, and, and some of this was funny too, cause it made me laugh. So everybody's like, Oh, they did well in terms of strength and conditioning staff. Mm-hmm. Well, they sort of did. They got a high grade, but they still ranked 28th. So everybody got a high grade in that area, basically, right? Yeah, like, so, a, yeah. So the players love their strength coaches, and that's obviously massively integral to uh, the growth, development, and success of football teams. And they also got an A in training staff. Yet still, that left them tied for ninth. Yeah. So some of this is interesting, and you know they're doing some changes. I think there is some work being done on the weight room. We know the changes for the fans and for the mm-hmm. the business side of things with the event space and the end zone there and everything. And the lighthouse, and they're going to have the biggest individual flat screen television in the world. In the which I would zone. guess players don't give a rat's ass about. Do not. I don't care. It, you know, like when they're running to the end zone, like, oh, I can see myself. I can see how far behind me this guy is. That's great if it's going to be an a, you know a curved eight K screen. That's all well and good, but you know, at the same time, maybe some of the players would, as the, I, I go to the report here at NFLPA.com, uh, maybe they would like uh, support of families uh, to be increased. They got a C minus for treatment of families. One of 11 teams that do not offer daycare at the stadium. One of 14 teams that do not offer a family room at the stadium. Hmm. Nutrition, they got a B. Like Spoiled you said, weight price. room, they got a D. Training room, C minus. Now you know why Brady maybe made his way up to the mall so he could go to uh, the Guerrero Teria. 
Locker room C plus. Yeah, I mean, we always say it looks great. I'm still stunned about this team travel D plus. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've actually never ridden on the new planes, but everybody that tells me says they're just run of the mill. There's nothing special about them. There's a couple Patriots logos, nothing fancy. Right. So I understand that. Now, I would also, they're spoiled. They're all spoiled because mm-hmm. they all travel really well. Yes. So it has to be relative, I guess, and could be worse. As I said, in Arizona, they're charging you for your meals. They will payroll deduct when you eat. I can't, dude, I can't even, like, the in season, they charge you for dinner, and they'll box it up and send it home with you. The Cardinals, who just had a, the, their third Super Bowl at their fancy stadium with their greased cat shit playing surface that they grew outside. Easy, easy. It was slick. I'm surprised we didn't have more ankles, Achilles, and, you know, knee tears. Uh, kind of the way OBJ tore his at the previous Super Bowl. And then in the offseason, if you're in there training, you get charged per meal. And that's why Kyler Murray doesn't work out. No, exactly. I would stay home and I order Grubhub and play Call of Duty. No, well. We've been we've been crapping on Kyler Murray, but this may be a two-way street of idiocy in Arizona between Maybe the team. Maybe he would and be Kyler. less of a dink if he played elsewhere. I don't necessarily like he probably is aware that they are a low-level. Uh, mom and pop franchise when they're doing things like payroll. Dedu- so I show up to work out in the off season being a good employee and I maybe take, I mean, what does it cost? 12 bucks worth of food, 12 bucks worth of really? food for your $200 yeah. million quarterback. And you're going to charge me for it. Yeah. Like, if, if I want to have a couple of veggie burgers and some saute, you know, what are we doing in some, in a, in a mixed green salad, that'll be 1495. I'm not looking for beef Wellington. I didn't ask to have like a smoothie bar. I mean, I, I would take it. I would Patriots take have a smoothie bar. There you go. Do they get they have a smoothie, smoothie bar and your shakes are waiting for you when you get off the practice field in a cooler. They've already been made for you and you just get the one marked like, oh, there's hearts and you just pull it out of the cooler. Well, look um, at that. So that's why they did okay in nutrition. Do you think this matters uh, on any level? Do you think this ties into, remember when Bill Belichick was like googly eyes when they were in Las Vegas in the preseason? He's like, this Called is it the, the Taj Mahal. Yes, right? the Taj Mahal. And the Raiders, I do believe, finished second overall. Yes. The Minnesota Vikings finished first. Two teams with brand new, state-of-the-art, dare I say, space-age stadiums and facilities. What's they, what have they ever won? <laughs> yeah, you can be happy. We win titles here. We're focused on the important stuff, like winning. Now, I, at first, Andy, we used to I, win. I, we don't I anymore, did, but you not know, so you much anymore. Point. Yeah, we used to. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, New England is big about living in the past. Also, we started this country, so you're welcome. Um, there, I, at first, I did wonder. I did try to put on the super fan glasses. I got into, you know, I went full Fitzy super fan, and I thought, do okay, they still fit. Maybe what's that? Do they? They still do. Fit? Yes. Oh, they okay. do. You haven't worn them in a while. Well, again. I would just I will I'll take a moment here to remind you and everyone else as you like to it's the first of many times where you'll just take a cheap shot and try to bust my balls for your own benefit. Yeah. Poking and prodding your old Pat's pal here. I didn't have to live in reality or be realistic about my favorite football team, their successes, their misgivings, their trappings, failures at all for 20 years because we didn't live in reality. When Tom Brady was with Bill Belichick, we did not live in reality. That was a surreality of success that will never be replicated on any other team in the NFL, let alone in Boston sports. So I didn't have to. And now that I'm now that I'm in my third year of this new thing called reality, which I haven't dealt with since my early 20s or the 90s or the 80s, I'm continuing to recalibrate and adjust. And I believe other fans are, or at least I think that they should as well. Now. That being said, I tried to look at this with the super fan glasses 
And you know what? At first I was thinking, yeah, this is probably Belichick not putting a lot of, you know, effort into different aspects of the facility so he can gain the competitive advantage. You know, Zoe in Mike Tomlin's headset, uh, Red Auerbach never fixing the floor, uh, cold showers in the opponent's locker room, warm Gatorade, all that kind of thing. No, this is actually not on Belichick at all. Nope. Nope. Bill Belichick has very little. This is an organizational issue. And I'm sure Mr. Kraft was far beyond flattered when he read this report. And it will probably bring about more changes than just a big lounge and a giant lighthouse in the end zone. And that'll be for the team's benefit because the NFLPA puts this together for prospective draft picks and free agents to know if you consider this team and you haven't had a chance to tour the facilities, here's what you may expect. And it's also for the teams to let them know without retribution on the player's end, like Matt Judon said this, or here's what Jonathan Jones said about that. It's anonymous. And so maybe this will help the team fix their ish, if you will. Yeah, maybe, or it might not matter because I still believe that if you're a, if you're drafted, well, you're drafted. You have to go there. That's them. Mm-hmm. Them's the rules. Unless you're unless your daddy engineers a trade right. from San Diego to New York because you don't want to play for the Chargers. And if you're a free agent, you're going to be like Matthew Judon and say, "I didn't pick New England. They picked me when they handed mm-hmm. me a bag." So I guess in some scenarios where maybe you're a middling free agent and it's a two-year deal for ten million in two different places, then maybe you say, "Well, you know." New England didn't do all that well on that survey. Maybe it's nicer for me to go to Oakland. Maybe it's something like that. But for the most part, while I think they should attempt to improve some of the areas where they are failing and maybe not doing business as business is being done elsewhere. Hell, if 20 something other teams have daycare, you probably got to put in a daycare room, whether you really Mm -hmm. want to or not. It's probably just sort of cost of doing business like you know, this would be like a company saying, nope, we don't believe in 401ks here. We, we don't do 401ks. Well, the rest of the world does them. So if you want to compete with the rest of the world, you better do 401ks. You better put in a daycare. So, yeah, this will probably uh, result in some changes. But I also don't want to pretend that they were necessarily the biggest spenders back in the day. And that's why they won. And now they've stopped spending. And they that's why they're losing. No, they're not as talented. They're not as good now. And it has nothing to do with daycare centers. Uh- couldn't agree more, Hart, um, which is an odd place to find myself as we come to near the tail end of the Pats Paris opening segment of this action-packed edition of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. A couple other little nuggets. Uh, it does appear that T. Higgins, yeah, crush, is gonzo because the Cincinnati Bengals general manager said, go get your own wide receiver. Uh, interesting to see that. I say now the Patriots should... Maybe take a peek under the hood. Maybe give a call to old, uh, as you call him, FOB, F-O-B, Sean Payton out there in Denver and see if they do want to recoup a couple draft picks. If Jerry Judy is a definite, a definitive part of the Broncos' future. Uh, and if if Payton said, uh, okay, I didn't hang up yet, I'm listening, what do you think it would cost? Uh, is that a one or is that a two and a four? I don't think it's a one. I don't think he warrants a one. I think it's a two and something. Maybe you do some sort of conditional thing where if he plays 17 games and gets a thousand yards and ton, 10 touchdowns, it becomes a one, a two that mm-hmm. becomes a okay. one or something uh, along that line. Um, I'd be interested. I'd look into it. I wouldn't close the door on T Higgins. I've just pushed the door um, to next year. And I think there's a chance they're still going to have to trade him at some point. So maybe they can, um, appease him or do whatever for this year to make a run at a Super Bowl. 
I still don't think you signed Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins for a combined $750 million or whatever the total is going to be for the Bengals. So next year, they franchise him. Mm -hmm. You ship a one. And I've actually painted this in a positive direction for the Patriots. Hmm. By next year, if you're mm -hmm. still looking for a number one receiver, I think you'll be more settled in who you are, what you are. If you're still looking for a one, I'm, I'm guessing that means Mac is your quarterback. He had a good year and you've decided, yep, we have our franchise quarterback. Now we got to get him a one. If you're still looking for a one, it means you probably have a little bit more clarity on Tyquan Thornton. Marcus mm -hmm. Jones, maybe a receiver you draft this year. So where the hierarchy would go, you know what? Ooh, Tyquan Thornton's a good two. Yep, he's a good two. And Marcus Jones is actually contributing in the slot, but we still need the one. We still need T. Higgins. So you might be, because if you trade for T. Higgins right now, this is something I've thought of right, right away. Mm -hmm. If you trade for him right now, and Mac Jones is more the Mac Jones of last year and sucks, <gasps> well, you don't have a quarterback and... How long is T. Higgins going to be happy with Bailey Zappi and then next man up? Like mm -hmm. it could be a Brian Hoyer, window. Jimmy right. Garoppolo, whomever, whoever it I is. Yeah. Like I feel like T. Higgins could get here for a year or two and then be like, I want out. This is a hard debacle. pass. I, I mean, the Joe Bengals. Burrow. Right. And the Bengals may also be thinking, like, look, we're not sure if we can sign him yet. However, we do have Super Bowl aspirations and he shows up in big games as well. So what we'll do is we'll ride it out with him this year before we have to figure out if we can sign the guy. And if we let him walk, hell, maybe we play him on the franchise tag for a year. But if we let him walk, we take the third in return as opposed to taking a one now because we think we can get back to the ship. Yep. And I do too because they were like one or two bad plays away from beating the Chiefs. And I think they would have hung with if not been able to find a way to squeak one out against the Eagles as well. So I understand that. Judy, I love coming out of the draft. He's got the speed, precise route runner. He did play with Mac when Mac came in for Tua in 19 and in 20 when they beat Michigan in, in the Citrus Bowl as well. There's highlights of a nice pass that Mac threw yep. to him in the Citrus Bowl as well. So they've got a connection there. That could be the whole, like, one of Mac's guys kind of thing. You mean Slade Bolden? Yeah, we'll get to him later. Uh, Jerry Judy it, it has improved through his pro career. A lot of injuries, obviously, like, inconsistent quarterback play. Had almost 1,000 yards last year. I think he's on the ascent. He could be the guy that, you know, as we continue to look for that true one to open up the offense as well, might be the right kind of guy. I would maybe consider giving up a one. I like your idea of like a two and then like it's conditional. If he gets 1,100 yards, more than eight touchdowns or as a Pro Bowl player, they make the playoffs, it turns into a one and you have control of him for two years for last year and then player option. The year. problem with that is your one is the 14th pick in the draft. If I was picking 32nd, maybe I could talk myself into it. I probably still would be against it. But I'm not giving the 14th pick in the draft for Jerry Judy. <clears throat> Try again. No, but how about if it would have, it would, I guess it would have to be a two and a four next year or it turns into next year's first overall. Yeah, it, you could do something like that and you could sell me on that conditionally based on mm -hmm. how he plays, if he stays healthy, what he produces, um, various things. But yeah, uh, it, it's fun. Lastly, uh, any, com any other combine uh, observations, nuggets? Uh, or tidbits you care to share, we will have a check-in next week on our first edition next week of Six Rings and Football Things with our pal Mike Dusso from Patriots.com, yeah. who is currently out there. He'll bring us back uh, all of his little observations, uh, his, his combine crushes, and more. But anything stick out for you thus far? 
Well, people are getting all hot and bothered about who's there for the Patriots and who's doing what. Is Bill Belichick there? He's not there, but he's going to be there. All of that stuff is fine. Um, I wouldn't get too hot and bothered about it. He's he's definitely missed it in the past. I remember at least one year where he skipped it, maybe multiples. And there's also Belichick. (laughs) Yeah, like there's been times and. There was the year that he um, – or people get caught up in some, – some of the reporters, I think Callahan had it, you know, oh, Troy Brown's there, Cam Aker. Well, also guys go in waves. They go for their spe- specific position groups. So, you know, the O-line guy's not necessarily there the, the same time as the D-line guy and the various coaches. So um, I would – even if Belichick didn't go, which now the reports are, our own Kurt, Chris Curtis, I guess, was told he will be arriving later in the week. Um, I don't – it doesn't really matter to me. To me, the most interesting thing that came out of um, the Combine slash Belichick slash Indy was the Sean Payton talking about Matt Patricia, saying he's a good coach, might still have mm-hmm. a spot for him on his staff. And then the interesting uh, missteps of the Boston Globe, who got a quote from Bill Belichick, who praised Matt Patricia about, mm-hmm. you know, he's won a lot of games and championships for us, blah, blah, blah. But the way the quote was packaged was most interesting to me. In the story from Jim McBride and Nicole Yang, it said mm-hmm. Belichick responded when reached out for comment by the by the Globe. When Ben Volan retweeted the story, he said that Belichick reached out to the Globe to comment on Matt Patricia. Oh, so, a little spin zone. I don't know which is true. I, mm. I can only take I have both pieces of information. I believe that Bill probably reached out to say positive things about Matt Patricia. And I do think, and he should, by the way, because mm-hmm. he owes that MFR uh, mm-hmm. for torpedoing his career last year, for putting him yeah. in as bad a position as he put his quarterback in. So, in the line of fire last year, like absolutely. the slings and arrows of an angry football nation. So, he should be due, because you know, I thought the interview with Peyton was not a coincidence that it's a friend of Belichick doing the interview. Right. Like, I right. think Belichick got him the interview. I think Belichick's trying to get him the job. I think Belichick is trying to rehab Matt Patricia's career, and he needs to because his yeah. career is in shambles in some of his own doing. Detroit mm-hmm. was on Matt. That's all him. Well, of course, but the but this this Patriot usually when people come back to the Patriots, Andy, when they travel down the uh, Kyle Van Noy highway and take the Patrick Chung exit to have your second tour of duty with the Patriots, that second stint usually goes pretty well. Yeah, not for Matt Patricia. He well, it wasn't going poorly when he was doing all the things he was doing the year before in personnel and in the booth and all these various mm-hmm. uh, assisting roles. But uh, he got thrown to the wolves last year, and now Belichick is trying to rehab his image, and he should. As, yeah, he absolutely should as well. No, I think that's definitely. I think that's Sean Payton doing him a solid. Hey, maybe there's a little spot for him coaching linebackers. Where I'm sure he could probably do it if if he just did that. If yeah, he didn't and, try to and do anything else. It happens. Brian Flores was a linebackers coach last year for the Steelers. Now he's a D coordinator again. He's probably back on the upward mm-hmm. trend, depending on how mm-hmm. the lawsuit and everything plays out in mm-hmm. certain places. So Matt Patricia could turn a year as a linebackers coach into a D coordinator job, into whatever, to, to go in the right direction. But uh, Bill needs to do everything in his power to buff up Matt, Matt Patricia. He owes him. Yep, and the Patriots seem to have met so far uh, as the combine goes with a number of linebackers. Of course, I think you're allowed up to 30 pre-draft meetings with players. So there are a couple of linebackers and defensive linemen. That well, they... the 30s in Foxborough, like you get more than oh, thir- the okay, more okay. So the, see, good to know. The glad glad you're here, Andy. And they're going to uh, meet with everybody. They'll meet with a ton of people that doing whether it's diligence. the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. the Shrine Bowl, the Combine, the regular interviews, 
pro days, personal workouts. They will meet with everybody for the most part. And so, therefore, if a guy says he met with him at the Combine, doesn't mean, oh, my God, the Patriots are going to take that guy. Oh, my God. Uh-oh, alert. New Combine crush. This uh, linebacker out of Ohio State, North Carolina, Wisconsin, or all the other random places I've seen so far. But they were meeting with a couple of defensive linemen as well. Uh, one guy that looked like Aiden Hutchinson 2.0 who played for Iowa. The name oh, yeah. escapes me. Uh, it's you, you Van, know what I'm talking? Van, Van something. Mm-hmm. Van something. Yes. It's Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. It's not Van Noy. It's, it's not, not Van Wilder. Van Vader. It's not It's not Van Helsing. <laughs> nope. But uh, dude shredded. Dude is absolutely a machine. Yep. He's one of those those edge guys, end of the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage guys, but like six pack. It, like He's a pretty impressive player. I don't think I'd want to use the 11, uh, the 14th pick 14th. in the draft on him, but um, I'm, I'm falling in love with some other positions, cornerback oh. and wide receiver. My latest crush after Zay Flowers is Christian yep. Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. Oregon. A lot of people have him mocked to the Patriots as well. And, like of course, him. we've previously addressed the cornerback position. Andy and I, I gave it a 9. Andy gave it a 10 on our interest meter and our off-seasonal positional previews. Of course, there will be six rings and prospect things. The old prospector's heart That's and not child. terrible. That's no, not terrible. No, it's not. That's why I did that. That's actually a good idea from you. Yeah. yeah. See, I use the S word a lot. I'm not going to use the F word right now, but just no audience. I would have probably used one if I wasn't trying to keep the PG to PG 13 rating to our podcast as well. You'll be hearing those prospect based podcasts for the Patriots on this very feed coming up soon. And we appreciate you guys tuning in, subscribing and following in our growing Patriots fan community. Moving on. All right. The off-seasonal positional preview continues. Andy, we just talked about the defensive line prospects the Patriots would be possibly conversing with at the Combine. Let's actually tackle the D-line. Where would you, like right now, just looking at who's signed, who played well, who's on the rise, who's just a guy, uh, what's the current state of the Patriots' defensive line here in the 2023 offseason? Very good. I, yeah, think I think see, I feel I feel good. Might feel the best about this of of any position. Absolutely. Um, I I think there is a chance. And when I did a, a thing about the Patriots' strengths a couple of weeks ago in the Sunday Seven, um, I put defensive line as possibly the best position on the team because you have veteran experience, you have mid career guys, you have young developing guys. Um, now most of it hinges, or as I like to say, is hingent upon <laughs> Christian Barmore's development because. Yeah, he. it's funny because he and Mac Jones are sort of in a similar boat. We were all giddy that you got two first round picks a couple of years ago. You got Barmore in the second round, but he could have been 15 and you got Mac, a franchise quarterback. And then they both had disappointing sophomore seasons. Barmore, the knee injury. I thought he looked good late in the year. The one thing yep. with Barmore is he's learning to be double teamed at the NFL level. He's good enough to be double teamed when he's not double teamed. He can impose his will upon almost any offensive lineman. Um, I think maybe we, and by we, I mean me and other media members, um, mm-hmm. set him up to fail a little bit last year by maybe being a little too um, upbeat and uh, presumptuous. Oh, on the you guys had him tackling the sun. Yeah, kind of. And, and I think he's, and the funny thing is he didn't have the best breakout year on the defensive line went to Dietrich Wise Jr., who mm-hmm. had the year six jump. The, year, the, the, year, the, the year six overnight success, yeah. Yeah, um, but I still, I have not, um, I'm not backtracking on my faith in Barmore and what he can be. 
Um, the, the injury, I think, hurt him. And I think it's just maybe a little slower evolution than I expected. I think Barmore is going to be a dominant player on this defensive line. And as Lawrence Guy, who has been a sneaky dominant player on this defensive line for years. and Solid, is, solid, rock and solid. He's, he's declining. He's getting older. Like his best mm -hmm. years are behind him, however you want to mm -hmm. phrase it. But if that coincides with Barmore taking off and you still get solid veteran leadership from Guy, if you get the sort of leveling out of Dietrich Wise, what he can be as a versatile mm -hmm. defensive lineman. And then the elephant in the room, I guess, is Devon Godcha, who is like fifth on the team in cap number. He has a $10.5 million cap number. Signed that big extension last year. Belichick called him one of the best defensive linemen in the game. Is he one of the best defensive linemen on the team would be my question. Forget about the damn game and you pay him a lot of money. Um, but if you can get more out of him, more consistent uh, out of him, more impactful out of him, this group is loaded. This group has a lot of impressive um, versatility and upside mm -hmm. talent. So I can't think of another position on the roster where you should feel as comfortable. I, I, I This is a good group. You didn't even mention some of some of our guys, some of like the the football guys that that the the Foxborough fanboys and the the Andy Hardos, if you will, love. Those being like Carl Davis, Kyle, well, and um, oh, see Davis okay, and Equali. Ah, Equali. That's the other guy I wanted to bring up. Agents. Daniel Equali last year. Whenever there was like, you know, when Ian Eagle was on the game, whenever there was like a fat guy sack. Chances are rolling up on the QB would be number 95, Daniel Equal. He's good. I and, think and he is Bill an underrated, him. like rotational defensive line. I, I would not be surprised if before free agency starts, you see a Daniel Equale extension for probably a little bit more than some of us might be comfortable with to be Two a role for six, player. three for 10. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, something like, like, I don't know what the numbers are, but I think pump, people might raise an eyebrow and be like, huh, why are we paying him? I think Bill likes him. I think he has a versatile value uh, to the team. And he seems like one of those guys that may be loyal to the investment they've made in him over the last mm -hmm. couple of years. And grateful then, for the opportunity. Yeah. Exactly. Why am I going to go chase a couple extra dollars somewhere else when I know I got it good here and I'm working with one of the greatest defensive minds of all time. Market down Terp at 29 minutes into this edition of Six Rings of Football Things. Your boys, Fitzy and Hart, called for the early extension for Daniel Aquale. So if and when he does sign, we'll put this on Twitter and we'll take a victory lap. And when he ultimately signs with the Buffalo Bills or the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins, we will eat an S burger right there. And everyone, <laughs> because we are equale opportunity self promoters. Oh, uh, we're equale opportunity offenders. Oh no. I'm, I'm, I'm working with you on that one. Oh. Fitzy plus heart equale is great. <laughs> I needed this. Shut up. Uh, you liked it. That person listening right now going, do I finish the pod? Yes, you should. Yes, you finished. Um, Cause we yes, got better stuff coming. Um, yeah, I, he's one of those kind of guys that I, that I, you know, that's a great little success story. So if he comes back, that'd be great. Carl Davis, I'm not so sure if he resigns or not, but wouldn't surprise me as well. All right, so you have great, you have, uh, I know Josh Uche qualifies as a linebacker, but he plays on the defensive line. And Andy, one of the things the Patriots have been praised for this offseason was, I believe it was either the 33rd team or perhaps it was an, some anonymous scout general manager etc who said the Patriots have the or maybe it was Daniel Jeremiah the best pass rushing duo in the NFL so do they look to improve upon that do they worry about signing Uche the Judon Uche 
Udon, Juche, whatever you want to call him. That pass rush combo is elite. You throw in some Dietrich Wise, maybe a healthy bar more this season. That's great. Do they add to it? Is it status quo? Uh, or do they maybe sneak in somebody during free agency to beef up the line? Um, I, I mean, a, a veteran depth signing wouldn't surprise me. And then in the draft, if they went relatively early, I think it'd be more of an edge guy. Because as mm -hmm. you said, Uche is part of sort of the end of the line of scrimmage pass rush mix. He's going to get paid. He got a double-digit sack season on his resume. If he can come close to anything like that this year, he's going to make some money somewhere. And I, my guess is they won't want to go to where the market may take him. Um, Judon is still playing at a high level. Judon's mm -hmm. making good money. I don't know that you would invest in Uche again as, as you might invest in a young guy, second-round pick. Hell, maybe a first-round pick if the right edge guy is there for you who develops and you now have cost controlled for five years and sort of, you know, turning over the, uh, the soil, so to speak on that defensive line. Um, but it's not, excuse me, not a position of need. Like it's, it's a position of, huh, didn't know that guy would drop to me or, huh, mm -hmm. didn't know that guy'd be available at that price. Right. Like there's a lot of positions where I think they need to go shopping, be aggressive, wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, yes. safety. This is not one of them. This is a position where if an opportunity presents itself, pounce on it. Sure. You can never have a good a good enough defensive front, pass rushers, whatever it may be, but I don't think you need to overinvest in this position if it's not a it's not a value or a steal. They've taken flyers on on uh veterans in the in recent year, like any team would. Uh Mike Pinnell didn't work out. Of course, we all know that name because he came from the Jets, then he goes to Kansas City, ends up on the Bears and concusses David Andrews last year with a cheap shot. The Henry Andersons of the world, who Bill Belichick loves, two years in a row, his season gets cut short with an injury that unfortunately didn't work out. In the draft, they've addressed it with high-end talent like Malcolm Brown in 2015. Eh. 2014, of course, Dominique Easley. Uh, and now Christian Barmore could turn out to be a bit of a stud as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe grab both an edge guy and a big guy for the line as well. I do hope they keep Uche because I don't think his sacks last year came just because Judon was on the other side or he was doing mop-up or clean-up duty. He's got that move. He's got that little step. And, hey, listen, he's he's worked to improve his game each and every season. And you better watch out, Andy, because Ronnie Perkins could be – I see, I can't even finish it because you're going to be like, oh, is he your next Cam McGrone, Fitzy? Well, he was a higher pick and I think comes from a higher level. Um, but He's done nothing in two years. Nothing. No, you don't have to be mean. Upkiss. So are, do we do, do we get anything from him this year? This is his put up or shut up year on the D line as an edge guy, or is he going to be an off ball linebacker? What are we thinking? Um, no, I think he's more. He's an end of the line of scrimmage type guy. Um, Anthony Jennings, him are in. Oh, we can't in, forget in Anthony group. Jennings as well. Anthony Jennings had a pretty good year last year against mm -hmm. the run. Um, he's he's fine. He's a good um depth piece or rotational piece. I don't hate him. I mean, you have Tavai, you have some of these guys that are in that mold that if the right guys are around them on the field, I think they fill out a defensive rotation nicely, especially if you're playing whatever, 15, 17 guys mm -hmm. on defense. Um, but Perkins, yeah, probably make or break time for uh for Ronnie Perkins to uh poop or get off the Patriot pot. Uh, and just to throw this out there, of course, before you end up hearing about more of the prospects on the six rings and prospect things with heart and shine coming up here on this very feed, some of the names, uh, just to sort of throw in your, put in the old hopper and kick around. 
You got Brian uh, Breesy for uh, not greasy, Breesy defensive tackle out of Clemson. Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh, Jared Clark out of, geez, where's this guy from? I don't even know where this guy just looks like a little bulldog mascot. Uh, Broderick Martin, Jacob Slade, great name. I uh, will mention also that the defensive lineman that is uh, slated to be taken first overall, not in the draft, maybe first overall, uh, but the first defensive lineman, Jalen Carter, is currently embroiled in a bit of a uh, legal holdup because uh, he was involved in a, I believe, some street racing or drag race that may have contributed to the vehicular death of someone. So that uh, that that right there is a mess. Yeah, he. I mean, it. it Jalen Carter benefits from that. He's got uh, two months almost to kind of play this out, get through it, explain it to teams, whatever. And just to be clear, he's charged with a couple misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Um, the the accident did result in the death of a, a former teammate at Georgia, as well as mm-hmm. a football staffer. Um, mm-hmm. I don't believe there are any allegations of, for his part, Jalen Carter, anything other than stupidity, drag racing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he didn't cause the accident. No, he was, he was just part, part of it. So what will come of it? Well, it could be like you said, misdemeanors, uh, and it could be, uh, character issues as well. Our producer, Justin Turpin, uh, via Adam Schefter updates right now. Um, Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter is back at the combine in Indianapolis to finish his interviews, measurements, and other activities. Okay. Yeah. He he was arraigned and then, uh, put free on bond or bail last night in Georgia. He put out a statement yesterday, Jalen Carter saying once all the facts comes to light, he feel like he'll be exonerated through all this. Uh, One of the issues that I think got him in trouble is apparently whatever the truth is, his story mm-hmm. was inconsistent with police in terms ah. of his location, his activities, his whereabouts uh, on the early morning in question when the teammate, by the way, was also doing 100 miles an hour while more than two times over the uh, alcohol limit. So, Yeah, and as our as a former first rounder and now current uh, prison bird, Henry Ruggs will tell you, nothing good happens when you're going over 100 miles an hour and you've got booze in your system, but your old pals, Fitzy and Hart would tell you just as much the same. Andy likes to always say the truth is never mean. I like to say the truth shall set you free. So hopefully he can get it straight and get his career back on track. Bad decisions be gone. Hopefully good career ahead for him as well. All right, let's wrap it up with a positional off seasonal interest meter rating. Andy, what do you give defensive line out of 10? Eight. I don't think it's overly interesting. Eight. I don't, yes. Um, That's surprisingly high for something you said is not a priority. Well, because I'm placing it, this is a little bit on the developmental side. I am still fixated on the uh, potential for Christian Barmore. And if Christian Barmore can reach the ceiling that I think he has, you will be very interested in this mm. position by midseason next year. And I am not giving up hope on Christian Barmore's unique athletic abilities, strength, speed, power, size. So, you know, the comparison was made early on to Richard Seymour, who is now a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying Christian Barmore is going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't even know if he'll be a Patriot Hall of Famer. But if he um, evolves to reach his potential, I think you will enjoy this position even more than you expect. Uh, yes. And uh, I would all, I would probably give it a – and I wonder if Christian Barmore could become more like Chris Jones. Uh, that would be uh, that'd be a hell of a comp. I would take that because that's also a take, Hall of Fame track. That's also a Hall of Fame track as well, like a Defensive Player of the Year candidate as well. I'd give this a six out of ten. Boo! Uh, very, oh, sorry, I thought it's eight was never a little happy. high. 
Hey, it's just out that, hey, it's my grade. I'm allowed. That's what I says. What say you, Pats fan? Let us know at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, and at Jumbo Heart. All right, let's wrap it up here with the old mailbag. We we sent out the signal. We fired off the flares. We sounded the siren. We put the call out to you, the Mad fans, the Pats fans in Pats Nation. What's on your mind? What do you want to know? How can we help you? And here's what we got, Andrew. Real quick before we get yes. to the questions, I need to clarify yes. something because I made a mistake that I should know better than. I trusted Chris Curtis on Twitter um, earlier. He was contacted by the Patriots. I'm guessing the Greg Hill show was discussing Bill Belichick's attendance or uh -huh. lack of attendance at the Combine. He originally tweeted that Bill was expected to arrive later in the week. He has now updated that to say he was told Bill is not expected to attend the Combine. Oh, so Bill Bel you will not be getting Bill Belichick with the binoculars. You will not be getting a new version of the Belichick popcorn meme. Unless You'll just have to Curtis wait to get it. Sends a different tweet in 10 minutes and corrects his correction. Who knows? Exactly. Like I was going to mention the Chad Graff tweet earlier um, that was quote tweeted saying the Patriots. Uh, I quote tweeted Mike Cadlick, who does a great job at Mike Cadlick. Uh, for CLNS Media, he said from at Chad Graff at the NFL Combine, the Patriots preference at this point would be to address the wide receiver position with a veteran rather than using their first round pick 14th overall mentions Hopkins and Cooks as potential targets. So then you go to click on that and said tweet has been deleted. Awesome. Hmm. Awesome. So how about that? Love when things are deleted. Don't you love that when you quote tweet it, make a thing out of it, start a rhubarb, a hubbub, and a convo, and next thing you know. Um, but I, I stand where I stood earlier. Whether Belichick does or did not go to the combine, not a huge deal for me. He has definitely missed it at times in the past. Um, he can pick and choose what he's doing. I don't know if this implies maybe he and Bill O'Brien are hard at work, you know, retooling the offense and figuring out what they want to be in the, the laboratory of Gillette stadium, whatever it may be, it will be covered. They will know who is at the combine. They will know what type of people they are. They will interview them. Mm -hmm. They will test them. They will see everything. They will know everything. This doesn't mean um, really diddly poo. There you go. So now, you know, uh, and wow. Oh, and look at that. I didn't, how about this? The, the, uh, well, the Bruins made a trade while we were getting ready to address the mailbag. This is a Patriots podcast. Wow, look at this. They got Tyler Bertuzzi, so they got another forward because Felino's injured as well, and Taylor Hall got a little bit dinged up. See, I love it when a team just says, F it, we're going for it. The Bruins know this is the best chance to get Krejci and Berge a cup to just flat out win the cup because they're an absolute wagon, and now they've extended David Posternock. How do you like that? Wow, what that's old news to listeners of the Rich Keefe Show. Rich Keefe Show, it. scoops. Yep, old scoops. What Eight did, uh, for the what, what did you, 888? Eight, no, eight for 90, as Rich Keefe reported about a week ago when I was on with him. They had negotiated back and forth to up the original number from eight and 88 to eight and 90, 11.25 million per year, as first reported by Scoops Keefe on the night show on WEEI. Well done, Richard. And that's uh, one of the many playgrounds for Andrew and I as we appear uh, opposite each other two nights a week on the Rich Keefe Show. Give him a follow at Rich Keefe Show for all the scoops all the nonsense, and of course, the hottest segment in Boston sports radio, grab bag. All right, grab bag. Back to, and now from one bag to the next, from grab bag, we go to mailbag. Here are your questions. Let's give them some answers. Jay Gibbons, Fitzy, what do you know about Max Edelman, wide receiver roommate guy from Bama? That would be, I know his name is Slade Bolden. I know they played together for a year when Max started. Andy has already given the please, I'm over this 
head shake. Everyone thinks he's going to be the new Welka, Dola, Edelmania, Gunna, Gunna, who's always the next Edelman. He couldn't play receiver and actually help the Patriots win a game last year. Thank you, Gunner. Uh, 28 catches in 2020 with Mac Jones when they won a national championship. His one touchdown when he was his roommate. We, I know. I can do that better for you. Um, Was in the national championship against Ohio State. He played in 2021 with Bryce Young. Had 40 catches, I believe. Three touchdowns. 2022. (coughs) <coughs> excuse me, undrafted free agent goes to the Ravens sports hernia spent the season on IR and released by the Ravens cut short. So he's never really played a pro game. Patriots worked him out earlier this week. Andy, he's got camp body and or Mac. Look, we gave your guy a try written all over him. Yes. Camp body. And I, I don't discount that he could develop because I, I always go back to Julian Edelman sucked when he stepped on the practice field for the first time for the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. But what he had, was a special drive, work ethic, everything that went into being uh, Edelman. If Slade Bolden has that, maybe he's a developmental guy in the long run. I just, we fall in love with the white slot receiver here. The fact that he has a tie to Mac Jones is another reason to kind of fall in love with him. The fact that people still say they're missing that. I know Tom Curran's big on, they've been missing that guy, that that quick slot receiver that can get open. And I don't want to discount mm-hmm. Slade Bolden. He played at Alabama. He was a high school Gatorade player of the year as a quarterback. He's athletic. Mm-hmm. He's talented. But I he don't can play. Think he can play. Well, he can play in high school and college. I don't think he's an NFL option, really. So I, I would look elsewhere. What did uh, Wiggy say the other day uh, on the Greg Hill show? Something out- is actually one of the few times where Wiggy said something. It was like, oh, here comes Captain Outrageous just trying to get a click in it with a bad take. He said, you go to a basketball. <laughs> he said, you go to a football field. And in Florida, you can find five of him anywhere. Absolutely. More yeah. than that. I would say more than that. <laughs> yeah. So and, um, and we've I wouldn't, been down I this wouldn't road. count on filling the Dola or TJ Edelman Mo, hole in your Jeremy heart. Yeah. Ebert, like uh, oh, Gallen, these are some like great all, na- some great all, names. And and people got excited about Sean Mori. Yeah. Like, OK, relax. It is what yeah. it is. I doubt I, I per, I'm not 10 uh, percent chance he makes the team. We'll leave it at that. Will he ever catch a pass for the Patriots? Uh, in a game that counts, no. Okay, no, I, that's right. Yeah, uh, Tom, but he's got a great name. Great, uh, no denying, he's got a great name. Did I ever tell you, by the way, my dad wanted to name me Slade? What is Slade? Is that like like Chris Slade? The last name, you know, I don't no, know I where know, it comes from as a first name. Yeah, I don't know. Well, All I know is my dad told me when I was, I want to say, like seventeen or eighteen. He said, uh, you know, uh, your, your mother picked. A, we settled on Nicholas because that was the name of my paternal grandfather's best friend but if my my dad's first choice for a name was slade i said are you serious like chris slade like the linebacker he goes "Eh, no just you know slade stevens i thought it made it sound like an action star so i liked it it kind of does it just surprises me at that time in history that outside the the box slade like i don't that's what that's why i'm a little if nowadays everything is a name so i it wouldn't even like but slade stevens in the 70s it could be a porn star too i, <laughs> I slayed that girl <laughs> oh all right all right let's not go down that brady's girlfriend motorboat road that almost got us canceled a few weeks back tom rowley and- on facebook could we fleece josh out of his second round pick for mac and package it with our first round pick to trade up and get marcus stroud wow impressive tom that's a bold move right that's a slade bolden move if ever i heard one stroud right yeah. Who's Marcus Stroud? Uh, pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. Sorry. 
Uh, CJ Stroud. Sorry about I that. I don't think that's allowed if cross sports like. No, I know. Although he's a pitcher, he can throw. So You'll understand good. why. Yeah, exactly. And I called him Jordan Addison the other day as well. Um, uh, or Addison Reed. Um, that's not going to happen. But what do you think about that, Andy? Uh, well, it's better than I've heard people trying to speculate. Could you get the the seventh pick in the draft for Mac? Trick Josh into trading you the seventh pick? No, Lol. he's not coming up. No, no chance. No. Um, okay, so you say a second round pick? Would he consider that? He might, because you're getting less value, obviously, for the pick. You took a guy at fifteen, and you're trading him for a second round pick um, two years later. If he's in love with him and he thinks Mac is the future, that's going to be there for a long time. Maybe you could. I, I don't. I think Mac is the Patriots quarterback for this year. I, I really do. I, I don't, mm -hmm. I guess we're trying to run him out of town. I know there's smear campaigns and there's propaganda and they're butting heads and all that. I think Mac is going to be the quarterback for this year in new England. I, I just, I want people to, I went over it the other day in our podcast and I made sure to share it and circulate as much as I can. I'm just, I'm not doing Mac slander. I'm not doing the Mac doubt. It's just like, he's going to be here for this year. They're going to see what they have in him. And if they can improve him, build upon his first year, forget the second year. And then they'll make a decision if they want to pick up his fifth year option by May, 2024. And if not, well, it sucks. They spent the 15th overall pick on a quarterback. Other teams have spent higher and I'm not going to go in the way back machine. I'll just remind everyone. Zach Wilson was the second overall pick in the same draft. And he done, and Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers will be quarterbacking the J-E-T-S, this F-A-L-L. -L. Josh Orson. People are talking about the growing friction between Bill and Kraft. Okay, I'm not sure who these people are, but okay. Probably Adam um, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what would happen first? Do they trade Swayman or no? Uh, what would happen first? Bill walks or Kraft cans him? Wow. Um, I mean, these are, the, be, these are the questions of the fans. It'll be packaged as a uh, walking out that he, you know, Bill decided he, you know, had, had enough, but there certainly could be some pressure. I don't think there will ever be a flat out firing that is that is posed as a firing by the Patriots. I, I don't think the divorce will end in that ugly nature, but I do think Robert Kraft is taking um, is putting more pressure on Bill Belichick and the football operations in recent years, whether it's the collaborative efforts of the draft, whether it's the press release uh, after the season, the, there's different examples of Robert is running the team or Robert and or Jonathan. I want to include him in this mix craft. Mm -hmm. um, they are running the team uh, a little bit differently of late and whether Bill is a hundred percent on board with that or whether Bill pushed back a little, but can't only push back so much when he hasn't won a playoff game and hasn't isn't going to the playoffs. But can you ever envision like Channel Seven boom firing in Foxborough, Belichick kicked out? Like I I I can't see it. No, I I can't I I can't see it either. No, they would have they would have to they would have to put it they they would give him a chance for a more graceful exit. I don't I don't think they. No, would you want to go to Nantucket him. right like now. You, you want to go right now, Bill, don't you? And Bill be like, yeah, I was thinking of going to Nantucket. Yeah, you know, I just don't have the fire anymore. I just, right. I'm just, it's just not there. I'm just, or the, uh, 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 a health concern or something. There, there would be a pack, a prepackaged spun reason why it yep. would happen. It's not just going to be like, you know, come October. Breaking news, like the rattling the cages of and shaking the very foundation of the NFL. Bill Belichick out as Patriots head coach. I can't see it either. Nope. Jimmy Wetton. Is it true that the confetti at the Super Bowl is shredded concussion studies? What? <laughs> Where do you get these people? That, uh, come on. That was worth a little bit of a laugh. 
It's actually yes, pretty it funny. It's pretty clever. Yes, 100% true, Jimmy. Now I it's mean, actually it's the off season as well. <laughs> yeah. So what are the yeah? And what are the uh, what are the shredded tire parts? Those, Did you uh, see those there was a major lawsuit where somebody ruined a river by spilling those tire parts into the river? Ooh, that's terrible. Yeah, and they had to pay millions to clean up the river and like hmm. admit it was like a criminal offense too. It was very strange. Were those tire pieces on a train and then it derailed? Since we no. se- seem to have a major train derailment every day on our decaying infrastructure. Yeah, trains are not the way to go. No, they used to be. I, I used to be yeah. all about get all aboard, and I'm hard past now. Oh, good call. Nope. Yeah, I think I just stick to my favorite method of transportation, my own two feet. Patrick Williams, pick your poison. Which position of need is best remedied via free agency and which one best remedied via the draft? Oh, like nice, open, nice open ender for you right there, Hart. What do you got? The position to best be filled in free agency is tackle because there are a number, I mean, at least three high-end tackles that you could Jamal choose Jamal Warren, Mike McGlinchey, and of course, or the pri- to me, the prize of free agency, Orlando Brown Jr. And I think... I think cornerback might be the best position to target in the draft. Now, I may be swayed by my recent uh, epiphany that cornerback is the biggest need on the roster, but I also think there's a chance you could get the number one cornerback in the draft at 14. The way things play out in front of you with quarterbacks and tackles and different positions, and if you get the best corner in the draft, that's that's a pretty good thing for a team that needs corners. I, I agree. And I, you know, m- one of my ideas as well is to sign a, I was in on, and we've, and we've bounced around a number of different ways the Patriots can go about improving tackle, improving receiver and improving cornerback. I like the idea of signing a top end tackle, potentially trading for uh, now, maybe not trading so much for a receiver, maybe draft a receiver and trade for a cornerback. I still think Jalen Ramsey, if he came in here for a couple of years now, why do you and so many others shake your head? He's not cooked. He's not money. cooked. He's too much money, too much investment. I'll take Christian Gonzalez for the next five years. And then what do you do about receiver? And then who's your receiver? Are you drafting a receiver? Or are you going to trade? I can use a mid round pick to get a receiver if I want Cooks or Hopkins or one of those guys. And I'm trading for T. Higgins next offseason. And I'm drafting Zay Flowers when I trade up in the back end of the first round and taking two first round picks. Woo! (laughs) Okay. I you know what? Don't get me started because if this, if this, like if I like. I'm doing everything. I want Zay Flowers in the worst way, too, because I liked him at college. Years ago on the radio, John Meter Perel, we were doing a crossover during the holidays. Remember holiday crossovers when we used to have not just you and me covering every show, and there were multiple people in the building? Uh, Meter Perel, we were doing a crossover, and I asked him real quick just a couple of BC things, just to bone up on my local football knowledge, and he told me, he's like, Fitzy, let me tell you right now, Zay Flowers has Sunday talent and he's going to look great in a Patriots uniform one day. I wish I could find the audio. And I was just like, so hype, like, let's go, let's get this kid now. I'm in. And he's only getting bigger and stronger. And the word is so high on him. I'm doing everything I can to prevent my combine and draft crush. Cause they always get broken. They never come true. And the Patriots do more than just zig when I'm expecting a zag. They zug or they zog like they do things that we could never possibly expect. And one of them, I guess you could probably say, you know, talk yourself into them doing the unthinkable and actually taking this kid. I wish I'm just I'm not allowing myself to get tied to it because I'd love to see it. But I I just don't think it's going to happen. It probably won't. I mean, first of all, there's a legitimate question. Is he is he really worth the 14th pick in the draft? And I know that's subjective. The Mm -hmm. you know, 
I would argue for this team, if he is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver, then yes, he's worth the first, mm -hmm. the 14th pick in the draft. I don't, is he a Hall of Famer, not a Hall of Fame, whatever, all pro. I don't, he's a good playmaker. And I continue to say, rich man's Dion Branch. If you like Dion Branch back in the day, Zay Jones is a rich man's Dion Branch. And a poor man's Antonio Brown, potentially one who also is a bit more psychologically stable. Yeah. We shall it's end with this one. Uh, it's just a, playing off of what we just asked. Jose Lopez. Hey, do you think the Patriots will pursue DeAndre Hopkins? I, I don't know what to make of the Bill O'Brien angle. Like without that information, mm -hmm. without more information on that, does right. D hop? Cause I could, my guess would be they could pursue him. My guess is going to be D hop has better options. Not only does it not have to deal with whatever the water under the bridge is with Bill O'Brien, but a better team. Like we joked about it. If the, if the chiefs are looking for a receiver, if the Rams are looking like there might be other options where he feels like there's more stability at quarterback, more stability in the system. I only have a couple of years left at high level football. So I'm guessing he's going to have better opportunities than the Patriots. He might, it could be Buffalo could be near like the giants might make a perfect fit. If you're going to extend Daniel Jones and you're going to figure out something with Saquon and you know, your wide receiver needy after you just are, are, it was announced you're going to dump the baggage uh, in the football career corpse of Kenny Galladay, you could use a legitimate wide receiver number one, uh, and D Hop would be a star in New York as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, the days, and I'm sure he does have great respect for Bill Belichick, and I'm sure it's mutual respect. We've mm -hmm. seen it all. Mm -hmm. But the days of you, man. You, you being the veteran landing place for somebody that wants to like, oh, I can play for Bill and I can win. I know Jabril Peppers said it last year, and there's still mm -hmm. some of that feeling, but. The pay, they are what they are. They're a non-playoff team. They're a team that may not have a quarterback. If you're a wide receiver, why would you go to a non-playoff team that doesn't have a quarterback? That sounds like, well, I might as well just call it a career. <laughs> like that's no, it's a va very valid question. It's a very valid question. But if you think there's a chance you could actually make a difference, open up the offense, mend fences with Billy O, I'd be in on it as well. We'll see if the Patriots do decide to address the wide receiver position via the draft, via free agency or via trade. All we know is they need a number one receiver and we appreciate you, the number one fans that tune in on the regular to the six rings and football things podcast. That'll wrap up this edition. We'll be back next week with lots more interest info analysis, perspective takes and such. There'll be an off seasonal positional preview. And of course our next episode will feature Mike Dusso from Patriots.com with wrap up thoughts from the NFL combine for Andy Hart's bouncing head. This is your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens. Good job. Producer, Justin Terp. Thank you to the best fans in football. We'll talk to you soon. As always, like, share, subscribe. Good day. God bless. Go Pats.